Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining the Day in Sports podcast. Here's what we have coming up on the show for you today. We're going to talk Josh Freeman making his debut on Monday Night Football with the Vikings. That's coming up soon. Uh, New England Patriots devastated by injuries to the defense. What's more likely to happen, the Jaguars going 0-16 or the Broncos 16-0? Carmelo Anthony wants to be a free agent, said he's looking forward to the experience. Where might he go? Jim Ursay puts his foot in his mouth on Twitter yet again. Cardinals, Dodgers, Red Sox, Tigers, ALCS, NLCS, we've got it all covered for you coming up on the podcast. But we had one more important sound we wanted you to hear. Oh, hi there. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, The Day in Sports, TDIS underscore HumbleBreg on Twitter, The Day in Sports on Facebook. Find us. We're pretty pretty cool, at least we think so. I'm Ben Sherman. Adam Hawking joining me. Ben's back. I'm back. I've, I've crawled out of the abyss known <laughs> as Chan Hassan. Are you stuck in a ditch? Fought all the way through the 45-minute drive. It sucks, man. Sounds, sounds strenuous. How sitting out in the middle of nowhere is a burden. You know, I'm not going to feel too bad for you because I was there last Sunday mm-hmm. at the home theater that you call a burden. Yeah, but like even, say, even in, in like a palatial estate, if you have no court around to enjoy it with you, you're really... You don't have any entertainment. No. I mean, I can sit in that theater room all day, but after about four hours, I get a headache anyways. So. Really? Yeah. I'd be in there all day. You, you get a headache. No issue with it. No issue with it. I think it. I could fight through it. I think I'd, I could... Probably do like a fortnight in there before I got upset. You'd be you'd be in rough shape by the time you crawled out of there. I feel okay. Fair enough. All right. What do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, uh, the Vikings are real good. Yeah, they are. They're super good. <laughs> but they do have a little bit of hope. Yeah, Josh Freeman's get getting a start according to everybody who matters. And what I've heard is that Ponder will be the backup. Mm-hmm. Matt Castle will fill his familiar role of. Non, <laughs> non, non-factor. Non-factor. Yeah. Non-impact. I don't, what, what's going on there? Why do they keep juggling the depth chart? Like, why was Castle better than Ponder last week, but this coming week he is worse than Ponder? I, I have, I have no idea what they're doing. My only thought is that they're trying to make Ponder some sort of asset in the future or trying to maintain some sort of level of confidence with him. But I think after benching him and then bringing in Freeman, I think he's, Pretty much shot. Well, and maybe after watching Matt Castle last week against Carolina, they were kind of like, uh, well, he is who we thought he was. Yeah, yeah, we watched that together. In the home theater. In the theater room. Even the theater couldn't airbrush that game. No, it was bad. That was ugly. Yeah. It it, it was in HD, at least. Even Ping Pong couldn't save it. No. We were kind of like half drunk and sad. Yeah. Watching that game. It was bad. I mean, it yeah, it got. To, at least I didn't get angry though. No, you took it very well. I, well. I'm used to it. I'm pretty sure you cried when I left in the bathtub. Well, I won't, it may not have been in the bathtub. There's all sorts of stuff going on after you left. Okay, ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, self pity. However, you deal with it is fine. Mostly, ice cream. there's no wrong way to mourn. Lots of ice cream. But how good? Okay, obviously we know Bill Musgrave, O coordinator. Yeah, isn't going to throw the book. At you. He's probably yeah. going to throw like a pamphlet at Josh Freeman with all of his plays on it. I actually saw, you know, the Come On Man segment yeah. for Monday Night Football. One of their segments uh, was centered around Bill Musgrave, and they were showing Sean Payton's play sheet and like Bill Belichick's, and it was like 
you know, like a big piece of like poster board. A giant dining menu. And then it looked like Musgrave had like a post-it note. Yeah. He had like, uh, three plays he, written on there. Uh, seriously, that looks like what he does. So my initial inclination is, okay, there's not a lot of offense for Freeman to learn. Maybe he can come in and be successful right away. Mm-hmm. But also, the offense that Musgrave designs is not very good. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think Freeman comes in? What's he able to do? He's got a strong arm. Yeah. Um, and they pretty much at this point have nothing to lose. So I hope, wishful thinking, I hope that they kind of come out and wing it around a little bit. Let him just be kind of loose, who cares kind of a deal. It's not like it matters because it really doesn't. Yeah. Um, and maybe he'll make a few plays and kind of get comfortable with the, his receivers throughout the course of the game. Hopefully they win. I'm not overly optimistic, even against a pitiful Giants team, but I think it's just kind of a, mm, like what, what, what you would call almost like a, a preseason game for him. I mean, let him go out there and kind of, stay loose and get comfortable with it and hope that it all works out. I, I'm sure Bill Musgrave's got a raging man love thing. For Freeman? Yeah, for well, because he gets to simplify the offense even, even more. more. He's only been here for two weeks. Let's give him one and a half. We're minutes. running two plays. Yeah. One's a power dive, the other's a deep ball. Well, yep. I, you know, I kind of think, I think you're right. Josh Freeman, this is sort of like a house money game for him. Yeah. What does he have to lose? And here's what we do know. Uh, physically... He's in a different league than most quarterbacks in the league, but certainly in a different league than like Ponder or Castle. The guy's 6'6", 240, has a gun for an arm. He's he's much more mobile, uh, certainly than Castle. Ponder's got some decent feet, but I think Freeman is a better overall athlete mm-hmm. uh, in terms of mobility and certainly arm strength. And then I was looking at it and just kind of going through Josh Freeman year by year, and it's not like he's had great help around him. No. Or stability. He had Raheem Morris. Then now he's got Greg Schiano, who nobody likes. Yeah. I don't think Greg Schiano's mom even likes him. I'm sure she probably disowned him. Either yeah. that or he, you know, wasn't actually mothered but created in a lab. He's a test tube. Yeah, test tube baby. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But My father's a test tube baby. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> So I went back three years and I looked at kind of year by year, what did Freeman do? 95.9 quarterback rating. That was the really good year with the 25 touchdowns, six picks. Mm-hmm. Next year, 74.6, not real good, okay. And then the last year, uh, uh, just last year, they went 7-9, and nine, kind of got hot towards the end of the year. He had an 81.6 rating, which incidentally is Eli Manning's career rating. So yeah. Take that for what it is. Whatever that means. He, he's put up some decent numbers, yeah. 80, t- 80 touchdowns, 66 picks over his career, and I think this is the best supporting cast in terms of weapons that he's had when you look at Jennings, Cordero Patterson as a deep threat, even Simpson as a deep threat, mm-hmm. Rudolph, and then you've got Adrian Peterson, obviously, in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, John Carlson. Yeah, I mean, I and, and Khalil, hopefully a franchise left tackle, so. Yeah. I just think the Vikings, I, I, I don't think it matters too much if they win. I think what they're looking for is, can Freeman be decisive, make a read, and then make the throws that the other two guys just simply couldn't make? Right. Another thing I want to see is how the team reacts to playing with him. Yeah. We were talking about watching the game last weekend, how they kind of rolled over right away. Yeah, they Everyone did. was just like, oh, I don't want to be here. Watching anymore. the tackling uh, for that Vikings defense, they just, I mean, literally, they, it was like they thought it was two-hand touch. Yeah. They were just, yeah, just pushing people uh, out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, it was offensively, defensively, the whole, everybody just looked lackluster. They looked like they didn't care. 
Yeah. Um, so hopefully he can kind of light a fire at least on the offensive side. But imagine, uh, imagine how giddy he was sitting on the sideline, looking at that game, display. watching watching Matt Castle just basically crumble. Yeah, just take a dump and light it on fire and put it on an old man's doorstep and throw it at people. Yeah. Throw it to the other team. Yeah, you put it on Leslie Frazier's doorstep. Yeah. Here's my my main concern. Like on paper, you bring in a former first round pick, a talented guy. You put him with a talented roster. So on paper, it looks like, hey, this is a good move. But mm-hmm. I worry about uh, uh, the the powers that be in Minnesota in, in terms of Musgrave, Leslie Frazier, the ownership group, and just the culture there. As we mentioned, the defense kind of quit. And, and Adrian Peterson has been the only guy that brings it every single game, every down. So I mm-hmm. and, and Josh Freeman has, has had his similar issues in Tampa Bay, whether that was him or Shiano, we don't know, but... He's got, uh, uh, some people have said, I think he's got attention deficit disorder. Yeah. And he's just, he's had some sort of character issues, if you will. Yeah. And, and the Vikings have a locker room full of character issues where they don't respect the coach. So I, I'm worried that he's coming into a combustible environment. Leslie Frazier seems to run a pretty loose ship. I mean, I, yeah. I never, I would have not, I would have never thought that when he came in. No, he, he seems, seems no nonsense. Old school. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. But I think he just wants to be, popular or be liked and he wants to be friends with these guys and that's really not the job but uh whatever i don't know it should be interesting i really do think that you know josh freeman's a all-time franchise leader for touchdown passes for the tampa bay buccaneers i mean and he hasn't had a lot of help yeah take that as you will yeah i mean tampa went out last year and got vincent jackson and the guard carl nix from uh from the saints and they tried to surround him got doug martin but Mm -hmm. but Everything just didn't quite fit, and you can put that on him, or maybe you can put that on the coaching staff. Offensive scheming. Yeah, but I think it's good for, for Minnesota and for Freeman to get a fresh start, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping they can turn things around or at least see some potential in Freeman because, I, honestly, I want Adrian Peterson to have a good quarterback. I'm tired of him having to struggle with leftovers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're preaching the choir on that one. Yeah, I assume I am. Uh, no, I think so, too. What kind of does worry me is the years that Freeman played more poorly were the years that he had a more reliable run game behind him. So yeah, I don't know cast. what to make of that. Well, maybe you equate it with Shiano or Raheem Morris getting fired. Yeah. I don't know. Lot left to be determined. I think that's the only thing that's clear. Well, I think he had a really good relationship with Raheem, too, mm-hmm. which probably, you know was soured by the transition to old uh, Rutgers hard-ass Mr. Shiano, who really takes a, a daring approach. Yeah, he sure does. It's very, what are they, 0-5? That is daring. Um, not 0-5, in fact, 5-1, and but a team that I've been trying to rip down yeah. from their royal perch pedestal, but that you've been defending, the New England Patriots. How about them? Well, I want to talk about them. Gerard Mayo, now out for the year. Yeah. We know Vince Wilfork is out for the year. And both guys, I mean, Wilfork, obviously, 340, 340 pounds, built to be a run stuffer. Mayo, not exactly a sideline-to-sideline guy. So they're losing, essentially, the heart of their defense up the middle, especially their run defense. And mm-hmm. now, keep to leave is questionable. We know there are issues on the offensive side of the ball in terms of not really having a go-to guy. They're 5-1. and one. Can they keep doing this? Can they keep patching it together? I really do think they can. Um, Vince Wilfork's been gone for, what, two games? Two, three weeks now. So, and they played, I mean, the defense hasn't played terribly without him. No. I think, um, I think 
Gerard Mayo is easier to replace than Aqib Tlaib would be. I agree with that. I, I, I think Aqib Tlaib, I mean, he took Jimmy Graham out of that game. Yeah. I, I honestly think he's a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year yeah, absolutely. early on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I tend to disagree. I, I don't know. I just think at some point, maybe Gerard Mayo's the straw that finally breaks the back. Mm-hmm. And, and I, But I've been saying this all year, and I've been wrong all year. But looking at New England, they've allowed the second-least points uh, in the AFC so far. And I think at some point, so obviously their defense has been a big part of the elixir for their success of being 5-1. and one. I think at some point, if you keep taking talent away, I don't know how they're going to make up for it. Yeah, the on the plus side, they're kind of whoever they get to replace Mayo. Do we know who that is yet? No, I have no idea. Um, at least whoever that person is is going to be able to start a little bit more slowly um, against a team like New York, as opposed to you know jumping right into the first quarter against Drew Brees and having him just. BF you up and down the field. Yeah, that's true. There's, no, there's often like a Rex Ryan-led offense to make your defense look healthy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, and, and most of the teams in that division, to be fair, are kind of softballs. Yeah, I, I think the Dolphins maybe could give you trouble because I think Tannehill can at least move the ball and the defense is, is, is talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I, you know, I guess I'm saying more in the in the perspective of this is just another sort of element that I think that adds to them not being a Super Bowl contender, mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised to see them still win the division just because of the lead they have and because they've got Brady. I think when they get Gronk back, if he can stay healthy... If he and, ever comes back. If he ever comes back. If he can stay healthy and if they can keep getting, you know, or, or having those younger guys, those rookies make plays, uh, your Ken Brell Tompkins, yeah. if you will, I mean... I really, I think they could, on a good day, they could beat almost anybody. That's, I mean, yeah. if they play well, as they showed against New Orleans, if they play well, they can hang with anyone. And they need to get, I, I think a key in that will be Stephen Ridley, who was, what, a 1,300-yard back last year? Yeah. And broke out against, I think the Saints uh, 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 last week had, had something like 20 carries for 96 yards, but it hasn't been much of anything this year, I know. Because he's on my fantasy team. Yeah! So he hasn't done too much this year, but I think the ground game is going to be crucial to New England being able to control the ball and keep other teams' offenses like Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck, guys that they're going to see in the playoffs. They need to be able to keep those guys off the field. If there was ever a team that could succeed offensively with a nobody at the running back position, I think it's the New England Patriots because they've done it for 10 years. Yeah, that's true. I mean... The law firm was there for a while. The and, Jarvis. Yeah. You got uh, Ridley in there now, but really, I mean, since since Corey Dillon, there hasn't been a big name in the backfield. That's true. That I can think of. No, I mean, you've had... And Corey Dillon wasn't even a big name when he was in the backfield. He was a, kind of an old man. Yeah, he was kind of a retread from Cincinnati, came over and had one good year. Oh, great year, and yeah. won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they've done it always kind of, kind of, at least over the last eight years. Through the air, but they've also haven't won a Super Bowl since they've had Corey Dill. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting. I do think that offensively that they they can find somebody to plug in. I mean, yeah. Put anybody. Put me back there. Yeah, I could do it. You'd be like a Danny Woodhead back there. Yeah, I would be just like him. He and I look so much alike. Probably better though. Yeah, I'm stronger and faster. Than That's he true. Is. Definitely stronger. Yeah. Um, speaking of having no defense, let's do a U-turn. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony. Make a circle. You want to talk about Carmelo? Mellow me out. He doesn't play any defense, but... Mellow me interested. 
<laughs> um, I don't know where to go with that. Anthony <laughs> says uh, 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 in reports that he wants to be a free agent. Obviously, he, he, he can opt out uh, or he will be a free agent after this year. And he said he's looking forward to the experience. He's never done it before. You know, when he was in Denver, they traded him to the Knicks before he became a free agent so that they would get something in return for him. And that's actually worked out well for Denver. They're a deep, talented young team. And it's worked okay for the Knicks as well. Been in the playoffs the last couple of years. But the the rumor has been that Carmelo wants to go to L.A. Uh, his wife is uh, a Hollywood personality type. He's good friends with Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. After this year, are only going to have Steve Nash on their salary cap so they can re-sign Kobe for probably a veteran discount. Same thing with Gasol. And then, say, Carmelo... Come join the team. You're going to be the future. Kobe and Gasol probably have a year or two left. Try to help them win a championship, and then L.A. becomes yours. To be fair, I'm still shocked that Pau Gasol still plays in Los Angeles, to be honest with you. I, I thought yeah. he'd be gone years ago. Well, the thing with him is they've tried to trade him like a million different times mm-hmm. for name the players. You know, Luol Deng was a rumor for a long time. Chris Bosh was a rumor for a little bit. And now the rumor had been, you know, trade him for a couple of young pieces because the Lakers are, are elderly. Yeah. Um, yes, like a, they are. It's like a geriatric ward over there. But um, the, the thing now is Gasol's value at age 33 has kind of diminished. This is his last contract year, so whoever he would be traded to has to try to re-sign him. So I think now it's more of Gasol will either be gone next year or he'll be back with the back with the Lakers, but it'll be at a lo- much lower price. But he can still play. Kobe, we're gonna have to see. Thirty-five years old, coming off an Achilles tear. That I never doubt Kobe Bryant, but but that's about as hard of an injury to come back for as as is possible. If Carmelo joins a healthy Kobe and a healthy Gasol in a year, is that a team that can compete, or is that a team that's too old and too offensive minded? I think it's I, I think it's not necessarily too old, but certainly the latter of the two. I think it's too offensive, offensively minded. Offensively, it's offensive. Yeah, it's um, kind of an offensive group. It's an offensive idea, I guess. Yeah, but uh, I think I think Carmelo and Kobe share too many traits. Yeah, um, they're both kind of the centerpiece of an offensive scheme, and combining the two of them, I don't know how that would work. I mean. Yeah, they're both ball stoppers. You yeah. kind of run the offense through them, and neither one is a distributor. Neither no. one is... Like, the, the great thing about LeBron James is you can play him with Dwayne Wade because LeBron is one of the two best passers probably in the league, Yeah, in addition to being a great rebounder. Yeah. And, and a horrible person. And and a real jerk. Yeah, and a, and a real, real mean guy. Yeah, an absolute nincompoop. Mean-spirited. Um, but yeah, I don't know about the fit. I think as a Laker fan myself, it would be fun just from the glitz glamour perspective. Yeah. And I think you'd win a lot of games. The with that headline lineup. would be huge. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got, you know, the Clippers with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. It would create a fun dynamic in LA, but you're right. I don't think it would be a championship team ultimately. No, I, I think if it really came down to it and they were making a push or you had to choose between them or another team to make, to win a championship, those three pieces in the NBA today, aren't enough to overcome the talent on a lot of the, a lot of the other teams across the league. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Rockets with Dwight Howard now and James Harden and a bunch of young players, and it's just a young man. Basketball's a young man's game. You've got the Thunder, Westbrook and Durant. You've mm-hmm. still got the Heat to contend with. 
One question I do want to ask, Carmelo, or, or excuse me, LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh can all opt out after this year. Do you think LeBron seeing Dwayne Wade kind of in the Kobe mold? Yeah. 33 years old, now aging. Bosh, maybe not the, the, the superstar that we thought he was coming over from Toronto. Does LeBron look at the landscape and say, I'm out of here? You know, I, I want to go win rings, and maybe if we re-sign Wade and Bosh to big-time deals, maybe this isn't the best place for me. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, he's always kind of been a a guy that's focused heavily on his legacy or what he's building and what people think of him. And yeah. He wants to be the greatest player to ever play the game. He and wants, he should. And he wants opinion. to be better than Michael Jordan. Um, I would, you know, to be honest with you, people, people have said, or they did that poll of NBA players. Did you see that? Yeah. Who you know? would you want to take the last shot? Right. That's and, not really LeBron's forte, but I understand the point. But like, and where he would go if they thought he would stay in Miami or go back to Cleveland or something like that. Yeah. I would not be shocked if he, you know, on the tail end of Kobe's career, or even after Kobe, you know, God forbid, is gone. Yeah. That he went to LA. I mean, it's 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 a big market. It's probably the most lucrative basketball market in the country. Yeah, they've got a, a multi-billion-dollar deal with Time Warner Cable. Yeah. Uh, I purchased that package last year so I could watch every abysmal Laker game. That was a mistake. Woo! Thought they were going to win seventy games. That's yeah. what everyone told me. Well, it's not your fault. I was wrong. Well, but and and you know, marketing. He he's probably going to get a bunch of you know if he went there he'd get a bunch of. Ads and you know they'd pay him to sell muscle milk and yeah. whatever else. I mean, he would own that town. Yeah, Think would. about a guy that um, no longer is the villain that he was when he left Cleveland. That's kind of died down. He's won two rings. I hate him. I, I still see him as probably the biggest villain in major sports. But, but I think he's shed that for a lot of people. for a lot of people I'm for sure. a lot of, of basketball fans that that mostly knocked him because he wasn't clutch. Yeah, um, but and he, he couldn't shoot the ball. Yeah, which he, which both were fair. He disappeared in his first finals against the Mavericks, but now, I mean, clearly, best player in the league. Yeah. I don't know if he would follow Kobe just because in general, NBA superstars, like, this is the problem with Dwight Howard. To be a superstar, generally you don't move from team to team to team. It's just like a mercenary. Yeah. Uh, it kind of makes you seem almost like you're expendable mm -hmm. or that you're just chasing rings, and I think that can ding your legacy. I think that's what he's doing, though. I really do. Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't blame him for ring chasing, but I think it may hurt him in the Jordan-LeBron conversation, which he wants to be involved in. So I could I could see him resigning with the Heat, or I could see maybe he goes back to Cleveland in a goodwill tour type thing. Yeah. Teams up with Kyrie Irving and a bunch of young talent they have there, and wherever LeBron goes, that team has a chance to win. I'm sure he... I mean, I hope he thinks of it this way. I think of it this way. I don't think, if he stays in Miami, I don't think he'll ever become the player that Michael Jordan was. Miami's just not the kind of franchise that people are going to, you know, years from now, oh, remember those Heat teams? No, nobody cares. I mean, yeah. right now, a bunch of people in Miami show up to games. As soon as that team starts to suck, people aren't going to show up anymore. And that fan base, I mean, is notorious. They left during Game Six yep. when, and, they, and then famously tried to rush back yeah. into the stadium. It's like, come on, they're always late to every game. They'd rather be snorting coke on South Beach. Who <laughs> wouldn't? Come on, um, give them a break there. Yeah, I mean that's more fun. Yeah, uh, but just you know, 
set it up so that your cocaine's ready, and then you go to the game. Yeah. And, you know, get your rollerblading out of the way early in the day. You yeah. Know? And the Heat don't have much of a bench. If you do enough cocaine, you could probably be a high energy sixth man for them. They yeah. Might just stick you in the game. Either that, or they'll, they'll throw some stripes on you and give you a whistle. <laughs> yeah, they might. <laughs> I no, I just don't. I just don't see him really building the legacy that he wants staying in Miami. It's it's just kind of a flashy. It's too flash. Flash in the pan. It seems like a video game. Yeah, it's he seemed like a, a fake team almost. I see him if he really wants to be in that conversation with Jordan. He's got to go somewhere else. I mean, he's got to go to like a an older, well respected franchise with a you know a fan base that's been built over the past several decades. Um, and or he could go back to Cleveland. People, I think people would really respond well to that. Yeah, all the people that burned his jersey and. Oh, they would be so happy. They would be right back lining up. You know how packed that arena would be? Please, please, King James. Let us Boom! Different shirt! Wait a minute. Yay! Same Same shirt! (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's enough NBA. Uh, We're going to get more into that as the season progresses. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back on the other side. We're going to talk a little Jim Jim Ursay. Jim. Can't keep his damn mouth shut. No, he can't keep his tweeter in his pants. <laughs> Jim, I can't stop tweeting Ursa. Yeah. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we got a good question uh, on Twitter about whether or not a, a player that gets implicated, like in the biogenesis scandal of baseball, should be able to return. And then we'll transition into a little NLCS, ALCS, uh, all of that coming up on the other side of the break. Slice of pie. T-D-I-S podcast. We should start a band. We've been doing the wrong thing. I, I always think of like, every time we come back, I wish the song from Welcome Back Cotter would play. I always want the, the Costanza, well, I don't know what song it is. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Who Please is leave that? a message at the beep. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, it's just me or something? Is yeah. that how that goes? Yeah. Believe it or not, it's just, just me. Yeah. That was important. I'm glad we started with yeah. that. Um, we should probably just wrap it up. Moving now. on, that's a touchdown. Yeah. Hey, speaking of touchdowns, Indianapolis Colts owner Jimmy Ursay, drunk like his father, sent out dick pics. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just sprouted. I, I watched that idea of form and just shoot right did out. Did you see like a little sly smile on my yes. face because I was gonna say dick and yeah. I was like, huh? Here it comes. Yes. Um. No. What he actually did was make some sort of controversial comments. I'm going to read them to you and then get your reaction. Um, Ursay has done this kind of stuff in the past. He can't stay off Twitter. Um, but anyway, so he said, and this is in regards to Peyton Manning leaving, we've changed our model a little bit because we wanted more than one of these, he said, waving his Super Bowl ring. Brady never had consistent numbers, but he has three rings. Pittsburgh has two, the Giants two, Baltimore had two. We had one. That leaves you frustrated. You make the playoffs 11 times, and you're out in the first round 7 of 11 times. You love the Star Wars numbers from Peyton and Marvin and Reggie. Mostly, you love the rings. Yeah. Is that a shot at Peyton? What's your reaction to those comments? I, I, after kind of reading what he meant by that, Jim Ursay is not 
the most eloquent man. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that really what he did mean was like, you know, the model that we had were operating under, which was just this high-flying offense with Peyton doing everything he could to win, wasn't working. And yeah, and with him, with him on the payroll, if they had extended his contract and paid him what he's worth, you know, they maybe they don't have the money to go out there and expand defensively or get some some OWs, if you will, or some special teams guys. I don't know. Yeah, my problem is is that he he kind of routinely does this stuff. Mm-hmm. Gets on Twitter, puts his foot in his mouth, and then says, "No, no, no, no that's not what I meant." No, 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 no. It was and, my dad. He came back from the grave. Yeah, and and he specifically kind of mentioned the main knock on Peyton. Mm-hmm. He put up great numbers during the regular season, but were out in the playoffs every time. So I thought it was a little bit of a shot, and I thought the timing was wrong. I think what you say to the media during this week is. You know, he's the best quarterback of all time, couldn't be happier. You know, you know, they got to two Super Bowls. He won a Super Bowl, and Peyton got four MVPs. And the other thing about it is, whose fault is it, Jim? You're the guy that paid him. Well, and, you know, he mentioned the other teams. Like, I don't think it's fair, A, to, to compare it to other teams. And you're talking about the more successful franchises in the NFL. Yeah. The Ravens didn't win their second Super Bowl until last, last year. year, and that doesn't count. So technically, they only had one while Peyton was there. Yeah, during the Peyton era, you're right yeah. about that. And Tom Brady, a few years ago, took a pay cut to stay with New yeah. England. So his point there isn't quite as valid. And Joe Flacco now is making $20 million a year as well. So, yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, hello, Ursay, if you've got the quarterback, you've got to pay him. I mean, what would you rather have done, say, seven years into Peyton Manning's career, we're going to take, oh, uh, Chad Pennington, or a guy that was solid, you mm-hmm. know, that you could pay $5 million a year, and then we can plug holes everywhere else. I mean, did that work? No. I would rather be in contention every year, because what Peyton Manning did, and does still, is give you a chance year after year after year. Whoever wins the Super Bowl more often than me is luck. It's, it's kind of luck. It's yeah. kind of a fluke, and there's Andrew no way... luck. But I think there's no way to. I just thought, thought it was a stupid comment. It's like, would you, I wish my offense would have sucked just a little bit more during well, the era. And here's something I just thought of too. It makes him look like a real d bag in front of like all of the other NFL fans of franchises like Minnesota, who are like, oh, we've been to four Super Bowls, but we've never won one. Yeah. And you're rubbing your ring in my face and telling me you need more, and that's why you got rid of maybe the best quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah. It just makes you look like an idiot, I think. Would and you? alienate people. Yeah, yeah, it alienates. Because I guarantee you half that Colts fan base is going to show up with their Peyton Manning jersey tucked into their jeans and yeah. their stupid belt. Khakis. Have you ever seen that? That is the whitest crowd. I'm sorry. Oh, it is. Well, it's, it's Indianapolis. Yeah, it's all Peyton Manning jerseys tucked into jeans. And yeah. Glasses. Yeah. Buzz cut. Just like my dad used to dress in 1991. <laughs> kind of lodged in that <laughs> he era. He still dresses like that. Who are we kidding? Yeah, after a certain point, you don't change. I hope he's not listening to this. Don't worry. He won't. But no, no, yeah. Nobody, nobody yeah. listens. Yeah, no, he's not going to do it. But um, my question was, if you're a fan, and maybe this is different coming from uh, a forlorn fan base like the Vikings. Right. Would you, if you, were an indie, if you put yourself in the Colts fan base shoes, 14-year run or whatever it was, two Super Bowl appearances in the playoffs 11 times, one ring, would you be disappointed in that run if you had Peyton Manning, or would you be appreciative of that run? Well, uh, appreciative. 
Yeah. Winning a Super Bowl is hard. Fixes everything, and it's like the hardest thing in the world to do. Yeah. And and the one Super Bowl he lost, he okay, he throws a pick six, but they were driving to tie the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So. Well, and once you, I mean. I get, I'm I'm biased. My answer is probably gonna be different than most people because I'm still waiting on that first Super Bowl. Yeah, still waiting. Still. Uh, knock on wood. Knock on wood. It's not gonna happen this year. No, uh, unless they rattle off eleven straight wins. Yeah. Um. No, but so I think a championship is worth anything. Whatever you got to do to get it, whatever it takes. And I think I was like, cool. like it's like he acts like it's some terrible thing to make the playoffs every year, and then you know. Yeah, you get bounced, but you know, three, four years out of the eleven, you move really deep, and two of those years you went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know what happens in the playoffs is you play really good teams, mm-hmm. and you know what else happens is only one team wins the last game of the year. Right. You've got a one out of thirty-two chance, and Peyton Manning got you there twice. He he won a ring, and let me say, as a as a San Francisco fan, where. They had been bad for 13 consecutive years, and now they've been good the last two, three years. I'm, yeah, I'm upset they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but I'm excited to watch every weekend. It's fun to be in contention. Yeah. And if Jim Harbaugh and, and company don't win a ring, I will be happy and satisfied. Obviously, I want the Super Bowl because that's the ultimate prize, but if I get a seven year run where, where they win 10, 11 games every year. Yeah. I don't know how much more you can ask for. Well, especially once you know what it's like to stay home during the playoffs and you're watching everybody else's team play, and that sucks. Yeah, and by week six, you're saying, well, at least there's no pressure. I wonder who they're going to take in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like who's got their mock-up for 2014. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I thought it smacked of kind of arrogance and, like you said, ungrateful. Well, and he's a, he kind of comes off as, like, spoiled. Yeah. It's like... A, you basically were handed an NFL franchise because of you were born into the right family. Yeah. Uh, and you had probably, arguably, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history to play on your team for a decade plus, and you won a Super Bowl, and now, you know, oh, we had to get rid of him because we wanted more of these rings. Yeah, uh, and, and you followed Peyton Manning up with the best quarterback prospect yeah. since Peyton Manning. Although, on a, on a side note, take us off on a tangent here. Good. Uh... How happy do you think Jim Ursay was to see the Broncos lose to the Ravens in the playoffs last year? I think he was happy. Happy as a, a pig in poop? Maybe not that happy. That's pretty happy. Yeah. Maybe as happy as a tree falling in the forest, but someone is around to hear it. Okay. That didn't make a certain sense. satisfaction. There was a Geico commercial He's about that. I know. I, my head. First thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, that family, I mean, you're talking about the same family that, that packed up the Baltimore Colts. And moved him out of town in the middle of the night. Yeah, I just think Ursay's kind of a self-serving guy. Yeah. And maybe he made those comments to jab at Peyton and... Right before you're supposed to honor him. Yeah. The thing is, like, if there had been a Brett Favre-esque departure, say whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, Brett Favre is the guy that retires, then tries to force his way back in, then sends dick pics to people on the Jets, then ends hey, up with your arch We've all sent dick pics. On the Vikings. Uh, not all of us. <laughs> not everybody. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I just think, what are you, what was he trying to accomplish with all this? He's an idiot. I think, I don't know. I, I don't know. I never will know. I don't care to try and take a walk in Jim Irsay's mind because. That's a place you don't want to well, be. Well, I mean, what is a guy, I mean, outside of owning an NFL franchise, what does he really do every day? 
I don't know. I want to own an NFL franchise. Yeah, but you know, tweet stuff. I mean, you just hire people. You yeah. know, every few years, and other than that, you kind of stand back and hope it works. I also thought it was kind of a shot at Bill Polian, who won NFL Executive of the Year like seven times. Yeah. yeah. And you're saying, well, we didn't have the right model. I mean, but, he got a little defensive. Do you hear him? Yeah, but response. he should have. Yeah, he should have. I mean, I got you to two Super Bowls. What was I supposed to do? And Did you like, not like making the playoffs? Isn't there like huge murals of like Peyton, Tony, and Tony Dungy, and like some of the great cult players of the last, you know, 15 years still up in Lucas Oil? Stadium to it's this like, day. It's like one of those murals where, like, Bill Polian is God, yeah. floating in on a cloud, touching naked Peyton with an mm-hmm. awkwardly small penis. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I never understood that. Step your game up, Italian Renaissance artist. Yeah, I guess. Get a circumcision for Christ's sake. We're dirty today. <laughs> I know. This is a filthy podcast. Filthy. Hope there's no kids listening. Yeah. Don't worry. There's not. There's not. Um. Speaking of idiots, let's switch over to Johnny Peralta. Let's jump right into his shoes. No, but I want, we did get a question on Twitter. We want to start talking baseball because Jim Irsay is just kind of infuriating. And yeah. I don't know. It's not going to get you anywhere. No. It's, He's got more money than, yeah. than, you'll, than either any of us will ever have, probably. Like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Boom. Ben Wilder quote. Lay it down. Um, but so we got this question from Alex Maxinowski. Thank you for the question, Alex. Um, and he was asking about Johnny Peralta coming back and hitting well for the Tigers. And his question was, should a guy, uh, like an A-Rod or a Ryan Braun, or in this case Peralta, be able to come back after he gets suspended for PEDs within the same season? Um, that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, you give the 50-game suspension. Right. That's kind of the, the standard thing. And I don't know enough about the testing policies. I don't know if the guy's still getting tested, you know. Oh, yeah. Because these guys we've seen that, that cheat are going to, once a cheater, always a cheater. They're, yeah. they're probably, like A-Rod is probably eating an HGH sandwich right now. Well, every, and the thing with, that's so tough about, like, regulating that is every year there's going to be some new way, um, some new way for people to, to use steroids, some new kind of steroid that doesn't get picked up on these tests. Testosterone's kind yeah. of the new thing now. I mean, it's just, it's ever-evolving. It's it's a liquid situation. I really think, though, I, I, I think the more I thought about it, if you are going to own up to it, yep, I did it, take your medicine, sit out the games that you're supposed to sit out, and if it happens early enough in the season that you are able to come back in the postseason, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Here? Because that's like a reward for you being honest and being like, yeah, I did it. You serve your time, yeah, and then and then you're back. And here's my thought on it was this: you have to clean up the entire sport before you're really going to slam people that happen to get caught. Yeah. My initial thought was, if you get caught once, just ban them for life, and that'll yeah. that'll stop the problem. Right. And you could go that way, and I think you would clean up the sport. Well, and you know, it also kind of begs the question. I mean, these guys are doing it to themselves. How exciting was it to watch? Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire smash the ball, you know, 150 times between the two of them in one season. Pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, that home run chase, and then Barry Bonds a couple of years later hitting 73, that was exciting to watch. Yeah. And I'm not saying you want guys to be shooting needles in their heads where their ball shrink and their head swells up three sizes. But <laughs> Barry Bonds. <laughs> Barry. Um, but I think 
you've either got to allow certain things, and we've talked about this before, in terms of HGH or whatever mm-hmm. it might be for recovery of injuries. Yeah. I think that should be allowed and regulated. Right. And I think you've got to... It's a little bit of making a deal with the devil, but you've got to allow some sort of... this. I know it's performance enhancers, but it's also modern medicine. Right. I mean, you know, you wouldn't be like... There's certain forms of cancer that couldn't be healed 50 years ago. It's not like a guy's cheating now if he goes and gets treatment. And these aren't exactly, I mean, these aren't like Jose Canseco's steroids. Yeah, all of a sudden he's hitting the ball twice as far as he used to be able to. I mean, these guys, because you could look at him and be like, okay, yeah, he's probably juiced out of his mind, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, these aren't really kind of your introductory level steroids where you're just shooting up and it's ruining your entire body. It's more, like you said, it's Use more now for recovery and helping to kind of helping muscles to heal, helping muscles to kind of recover and, and get back to where they were. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess, like, I, I really agree with what you said. In, unless you can get it down to a zero tolerance policy where you know 90% of the guys out there aren't doing it and yeah. the 10% that you catch, you just bounce them. Yeah. I mean, until then, you're really kind of just. You know, picking and choosing. Yeah, it's you're you're fighting you're fighting which fires you want to fight and yeah, and it's not fair to me if you if you put out let's say using the fire analogy if you you know dump a bunch of water all over the tigers and then you don't happen to catch three guys on the Red Sox right okay it doesn't look good in the press that Johnny Peralta is back mm-hmm. but you know like like we said we don't know what these guys are doing or what's going on so I think. What baseball needs to do is kind of look in the mirror, recognize what's going on, and try to regulate it rather than just kind of, oh, we caught this guy, oh, we caught that guy, because I don't think that's a very effective policy. You know, and it's it's really interesting to me. I've always been kind of the guy that I, I'm positive that there's a huge steroid conspiracy going on in the NFL. Yeah, I, well, I, I wouldn't disagree it's with better, that. It's better for ratings. Guys run faster, jump higher, make cooler plays. And, and we love the NFL so much that we just don't want to yeah, know. Yeah, you're blind to it. I don't want to know. I don't, um, but it's interesting to me that baseball is like the the epicenter of like the steroid battleground. It's like ground zero for steroids. I think the reason for that is because it's so numbers driven yeah. and it's more individual. I mean, it's old. I mean, it's older too. It's the oldest yeah. of the sports. And but I mean, you know, Barry Bonds hits the most the home run record. You know, the career home run home run record. Jim Rome record. Yeah, the career home run record. It was like the golden record in all of sports. Yeah, and to see that the record shattered by cheating. It's not quite like if Peyton Manning, you know, if someone says he used HGH to help heal his neck or whatever, right. and he ends up being the career passing yardage record holder, I don't think anyone would care. What's amazing to me is, like, in kind of back to baseball and, like, being old and stuff, guys like Babe Ruth are just, like, drunk all the time, smoking and living, like, the most unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. He just goes out there like, pow! And yeah. it goes. There it goes, yeah. Every time. And I wonder, kind of harkening back to, you know, the baseball... To me, baseball needs to make a few changes. One of them is shortening the season. Yeah. And I know that makes baseball purists want to hurl their number two pencils at me in their notepads. Yeah. Uh, their score sheets. Yeah, they have not seen an iPhone. But if you're going to keep the season at 162 games, yeah, you need to help these guys recover in testosterone or HGH. I mean, in order to get up and play they play almost year round, and then you ask them to go play in the baseball World Baseball Classic in the off season. Well, and how long is spring training? Yeah, I don't know. As soon as, as soon as the World Series ends, it's like three weeks later. Sports Center's like, here's a catcher's report. 
you know, <laughs> back to work. Yeah, these sons of bitches. Yeah, so it's like it's like if you're gonna have basically a year-round sport, these guys need to be able to recover, or you got to shorten the season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you do? I I really don't know what to do. With that. I think at this point, the what they what they've got is the best available option. Yeah. Maybe, and I really do think that if if guys come out and say, "All right, yeah, I did it." They don't fight it, you know, even if they are, even clearly, everyone who gets caught is, for the most part, guilty. Yeah. Ryan Braun. Except Ryan Braun, yeah. yeah. I really hate I him. would not, and I did never put anything. I would be the first to admit it. The Hebrew hammer. Or the last. Spinning lies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Oh, I, what a tangled web we weave. But see, if you're, if you're honest about it, you come out, yeah, I did it, and you take your medicine, and whatever suspension you're given, Allows you to come back for the postseason. That's fine, I think. My last thought on it, and then we'll move to actual on the field baseball, which would be refreshing. Is what's the incentive to not like look at Melky Cabrera? The guy was what a fourth outfielder for the Yankees, and then has a big season, and then gets an enormous contract. Yeah. Okay, he misses fifty or hundred games or whatever it was. So what if if I'm going to be a career fourth outfielder making four million dollars a year, or I look at it and say I might get caught. And lose fifty games of one season, right? But I can get fifteen million dollars a year. Every sign me up. Yeah, I'm still I'm still coming out ahead a couple yeah. million bucks. Oh, the fans don't like me. Yeah, well, that is really a shame. Um, and they, it's not like I really don't think, especially the home crowd. I'm sure those guys don't care as much. No, as people outside do. The San Francisco Giants supported and loved Barry Bonds. And I'm sure when Ryan Braun comes back, the Brewers fans oh, yeah. are going to scream his name. I will. As yeah. soon as he gets a hit, oh yeah! There he is. Look, he's clean now, and yeah. he can still do it. Uh, I'll yeah. be the first idiot in line. Yeah, whatever. Shomer Shabbos. Shomer effing Shabbos. B.I. Lennon. Um, let's let's move away from that. It's a deep hole if we get big <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, going. Let's not get that shovel out. Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. Um, Cardinals. Up 3-2 on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are who I'm rooting for because major man crush on Yasiel Puig. I like Clayton Kershaw. I don't like Zach Krenke. He's a weird dude. But um, also, I, like I just Zach hate Krenke. the Cardinals. They're yeah. in it every year. Mm-hmm. They're so boring. Mm-hmm. They've got these pitchers that like they just pull out of the ground from farms in Iowa, and they're all like 6'6", 240, and they just throw gas. I don't know where they get these guys. But it's just irritating. I'm just so tired of the Cardinals. Who are you rooting for in that series? Uh, yeah, no, uh, no. I, really, I, I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not an LA fan. I do like uh, Yasiel Puig just for the fact that he's like a Cuban defector. I like that he's making people angry. And yeah, upset. yeah. I do like that. He's an agitator. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Clayton Kershaw fan. I'm not a big, you know, Matt Kemp fan. Um, I don't know. I actually do like Zach Greinke. Social anxiety um, disorder. The bad for him. Yeah. Well, and he's just kind of. I like that he admitted funny. that he went to the Dodgers strictly for money. Yeah. He said they paid me the most. Yeah. I, I like that kind of honesty, but he makes me. I, I'm. I'm saying, and he was on my team, the Brewers. He makes you a little nervous when he grabs the ball because you think he might get out there and just be like, "Screw it, I don't care." Whatever. I got a. Yeah. I got. I got a dinner to make tonight. Yeah. I don't roll on Saturdays. I guess. I guess I would. That was a nice reference, by the way. I wasn't gonna let that pass. Uh, I guess I would root for LA only because, like you said, St. Louis is there every year, and I tend to root for an underdog. That said, they have a huge payroll, bunch of star players. Yeah. Ugh. I I understand that, but the 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 two guys that are kind of propelling them, 
I know they've got Hanley and Adrian right. Gonzalez and Carl Crawford right. and Grinky. All I mean, you're right. They're yeah. a huge element of what they've done. And Fox actually had a great graphic of the Cardinals had like 19 out of 25 guys were homegrown uh, from their farm system, and mm-hmm. the Dodgers only had five or something right. like that. Yeah. So uh, both both systems make it, and and I like the build from scratch method as a as a more kind of honorable way to go, I guess. But I will say two homegrown guys are, are Kershaw and Puig. Yeah. came right out of their system. And, and Puig is kind of the guy that saved the season for the Dodgers because they had all those high payroll guys. And they were, what, 12 games under 500? did Didn't he, like, come over on an inner tube? Yeah. Yeah, he came over, and I think there was, like, drug lords, like, on the same tube with him. Yeah. And now we're mad that he claps when he gets to third base. He's supposed to understand... The baseball culture and you're not supposed to clap. Guys clap all the time. They I know. Well, they didn't like. Well, oh, like every time he gets to third base. Yeah, or or, or he he hit a triple. Right. A, a, two games ago. You're supposed to clap if you. And hit he a and he stared at it because he because he thought it was gone. Yeah. Which a lot of people stare at their home runs. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would too. It was a nice shot. Can't hit the ball. That but because he's 21 and he looks oh, different than the typical baseball culture, you know, nice. I just, I don't know. I think they're trying to kind of disparage what he's doing. You know, it's always the thing, whoever's in any sport, you know, just like Johnny Manziel or whatever, whoever's doing well and yeah. is, like, exuberant about it, everyone hates them. Yeah, how much can we build this guy up just yeah. to tear him down? I mean, I like... How dumb is baseball, though? I haven't been excited about a single player. Like, Mike Trout is, is awesome, but right. he's not a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper is kind of exciting. Strasburg is an exciting guy. All of them have horrible personalities. Yeah, but Puig finally has some magnetism. Yeah. He literally looks like Bo Jackson. He's polarizing, yeah. Yeah, so why don't they market that guy uh, instead of trying to bury him? Before I answer, I must say I wish I looked like that when I was 21. I did. Jesus. Uh, Time's been rough. I'm 26 now. Moving on. He's lost a lot of your tan. Ooh. Boy, you really went bald. Then, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, yeah, the, I think there is a marketability to that. Um, I don't know. I guess I just, the whole, like, going out and buying the players. That's, you don't like that. I just don't like it. And it never, it's just too, too Steinbrenner-esque for me. Yeah. As a Yankee hater. Big George needs to go down! I really, and I really do like the homegrown approach, but at the same time, I don't want to watch the Cardinals win every World Series for the next decade. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that the Cardinals would kind of be the counterpoint to just buying. Yeah, a, you know. But they also have a. They, I mean, they're they've got some payroll financially. They're not. They're not hurting. No, they're not the Twins at the Brewers. No, they're they. You know, I think they've got a somewhere around like 120 million dollar payroll. The Dodgers have like a quarter billion dollar payroll. Yeah, that's the most bloated payroll in the history of baseball. Um, let's move over to the AL side. Yeah, Red Sox. Tigers. Verlander goes out there. He's allowed one run and three starts, and he's one and two. The Do you like that type of game? Do you like... Uh, the Red Sox and Tigers have been flipping for the flipping positions as the team with the lowest batting average in a playoff uh, series in history, mm-hmm. and they're winning games. Do you like that type of baseball where it's pitching duels, um, and maybe this is part of the steroids getting out of the game. Do you right. like that? Or are you more of a fan of the, you know, 12 to 10, you know, home run derby type game? I like the lower scoring games. Usually I like pitching duels, but I also like them. I don't like them when everybody's striking out. You know, it's kind of fun to watch pitchers load the bases and then work out of a jam, stuff yeah. like that. 
There's not as much tension when it's just zero zero and no one's on base. Yeah, when nobody's getting on base, then it gets really boring. But if it's you know a low scoring game, you know three to two, and everyone keeps either squandering opportunities or pitchers just keep kind of making magic happen, that's fun to watch. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just too picky. I may be. So you have no preference uh, of of who comes out of either one of these. Of all the four teams left, who do you want? And let me let me ask it this way. Of, of the teams left, who do you want to see in the World Series? Who do you think makes it there? I guess if I was forced to choose um, from the AL, I would pick Detroit simply because they're in the AL Central with Minnesota, and that speaks well to that division. I can't stand the Boston fan base either. Yeah. We well, never win anything except three Super Bowls and two World Series, and the, oh yeah, the Celtics won. And the Stanley Cup. And the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Poor guys. The more they lose, the better, I guess. The more they win, the whinier they get. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I guess, like I said, Detroit, the AL Central connection. I like Jim Leland a lot. Yeah. Um, like his dance moves. He's been around forever, and he's like he's probably one of the classier managers in the sport. Yeah. We really like to have a conversation with him sometimes. We'll get him on the show. Yeah, he'll, he'll come on. He yeah. loves us. Um, and then I guess out of the National League, I guess. I don't. I really don't care. It no. could be either of those teams. Okay, really then, then who do you think comes out, and then who wins the World Series? I think it'll probably be the Cardinals and the Red Sox. I know. I hope it's the Cardinals and the Tigers. I would probably watch a game or two of the Tigers and uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, I'd probably watch a couple of those just for fun. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for Dodgers Tigers just because Detroit needs something. Yeah. God, somebody <laughs> help that city. And I like Prince Fielder, even though I, I don't blame him for leaving Milwaukee out of left, no. too. Yeah. And I like Verlander. Um, I think people kind of wrote him off, but he's been lights out in the postseason. I I can't stand the Red Sox and their scrappy little beards and how they act like they're kind of some underdog. Yeah. I don't like that. And then... Scrappy little beards. Yeah. That's a, is I'm that mad. A, is that a salt of Lamaki reference? Uh, they all have those stupid little red beards. Yeah. Um, Good luck. I, I, I think it's going to be Red Sox and Cardinals, and I will protest that whole series. I won't even talk about it, nor will I watch it, but right. I'm hoping for Tigers and Dodgers. Yeah. I guess, you know, to be to be fair, as much as I dislike the Dodgers, if they were to play either of the AL teams in the World Series, I would watch a game or two. Yeah. Um, I'll watch whatever Puig does. Yeah. And if, I mean, I, who do you root for between Boston and L.A.? I mean, for me, those are two huge cities. But Yeah. I just uh, root for a tie. I don't know. I guess, yeah, I, I hope the Tigers win it at this point. It's the lesser of four evils. Yeah, it's a lot the, of evil. The Cardinals make it. I'm, I'm turning off immediately. Oh, I don't want to watch them. Hey, this uh, has nothing to do with what we were talking about. <laughs> but it's a question that I forgot <laughs> to ask you. And now for something completely different. Now for something completely different. No, it's just something that I thought was, I, I don't know, maybe interesting. I wanted to ask you, Jacksonville is what, 0-6 right now? And the Broncos are 6-0. and They just played each other. What is more likely to happen, the Broncos going undefeated or Jacksonville going utterly defeated? So 0-16 for Jacksonville or 16-0 and for the Broncos? Well, that's a tough, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I really think it's probably more likely that Jacksonville goes 0-16. Really? Personally, I, I really do. Well, especially just watching, like, how they hung in, for the most part, with Denver, I mean, they gave Denver. A That's tough, what makes me think they might win a game. A tough time. So yeah, well, I think it's more likely that they lose up because I, I think Denver's going to lose. Okay. I think Denver will certainly lose at some point. 
I'm less convinced that Jacksonville will certainly win at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, hey, did you see how Henny looked? Okay, so here's the Jags schedule moving forward. Okay. San Diego this week at home. That's a loss, I would guess. Well, whenever they win, it's going to be unexpected. Yeah. San Francisco. But you'd figure, I mean, if they do get a win, I, I would I would assume it would be more likely, like, the home game against, against Arizona. Buffalo in, in December, <coughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they're home. Let's see here. Home against San Diego, home against San Fran, at the Titans, home against the Cardinals. They've got the Texans, Browns, Texans again, Bills, Titans, Colts. Colts in Indy. Okay, and then, yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, they don't have a real tough schedule remaining. No. Can you show me the Broncos? Can you show me the Broncos? So they... Denver has to play Kansas City yeah. twice. I think they're going to beat Kansas City both times. I think that, I mean, if if they're going to lose... Could be tough in Arrowhead. If they're going to lose, I think it might be at Arrowhead. I mean, if that's if that's when it's going to happen... I think the perfect elixir is bad weather at Arrowhead. Yeah. Low-scoring game. But I don't know... I mean, they had good weather with against Jacksonville, and their offense didn't really get clicking the way it normally does. But still scored 35. Yeah. It's like they scored it on, on accident. Well, how much of that was kind of like after Jacksonville said, okay, we give up. Yeah. So, okay, so they've got obviously Denver's got at Indy, the big matchup this week. They play home against the Redskins at the Chargers, home against the Chiefs. Okay, here's where it's going to happen: at New England, at Kansas City. I think back to back. If they survive that, yeah. And then they've got home. Their final three games of the year will be home against San Diego, and then in a dome at Houston, and then at Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Denver has a better chance of going undefeated. Okay, so but look at look at this sandwich: Kansas City, New England, Kansas City in three weeks. But can either and one the of those second, two teams? And the, and the second, I mean, granted, they'll probably beat Kansas City in Denver. Yeah. But after the Chiefs get a look at Peyton in the offense, they got to go back to Arrowhead in De- I mean, two weeks later, December first, and that defense is if if they lose, that defense is going to want to rip Peyton a new bee hole. Yeah. I mean, 10 sacks, of course it was against Terrell Pryor, but yeah. 10 sacks is 10 sacks in an NFL game. And it's not like Denver, it's not like Denver's gonna get a chance to like, really regroup and, and come up with this really new, great scheme and game plan for the second time they play the Chiefs when they're, when they gotta worry about the Patriots in between. Here's the thing to me about Denver is, Peyton used to have to beat you in Indy with scheme and with his brain, and he's still doing that. Right. But now he's got the best weapons in the league. Yeah. And Von Miller, who is maybe the best pass rusher in football, is coming back, and he's going to have basically a 10-game sprint to the playoffs. He's going to be fresh, healthy. His glasses will be polished, even yeah. though there's no lenses in them. Yeah. It's a cool look. Yeah. It, well, I'm, I, I'd do it. It'd look good on me. It looks pretty sweet. Well, he and I are very similar. But I don't know. Denver, to me, has the look of one of those teams that... And Peyton has done this before, gotten teams 12-0, and 13-0. Right. You just don't see it. You think that they're going to run the table. I, I don't. I wouldn't. If I were. If you had to bet on one. You if had to I, if put I had to, money on one. If I had to put money on one, I would bet. Oh, that's tough. I would bet that. Okay, what's more likely? Jags go 0 16. I would say the Broncos going 16 0. You think so? It's more likely. Really? Yeah. I just think they're that good. And the teams that we mentioned, New England and Kansas City, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get to at least 27 points to beat Denver. At right. least. Yep. Um, I mean, Kansas City couldn't get to 27 against Oakland. Right. And you've got Von Miller coming back. Denver's defense also gave up 48 points to Dallas. Yeah, but I think Dallas has a lot more on offense than does Kansas City. And can't, but, and that was on the road in a dome. 
I think the mistake or the biggest reason that Dallas didn't win that game was because there was no clock control. It was like yeah. score, score, score. You're not going to win. And that would be Kansas City's strong point. Kansas City's going to hold the ball. I mean, they're going to kind of they're going to look to do to Denver what Carolina did to Minnesota this last weekend, and literally, or what was the other game? Um, I'm blanking now. Uh, da 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 da. I can't remember. Oh, uh, the the Red River rivalry. Yeah. Um, what Texas did to Oklahoma. Literally just hold the ball until there's no time left. And the other thing I think will be the turnover battle, I think, and I I know I've been beating this drum, but if you look back at what Alex Smith did with San Francisco, mm-hmm. I think a, a very similar matchup was, remember a, a couple of years ago when, when the 49ers beat the Saints in that epic playoff game and Alex led the team down the field to go to the NFC Championship. That was one of the best football games I've ever seen. But what happened in that game is the 49ers uh, 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 picked off Drew Brees twice early in the game, mm-hmm. won the field position battle, got up something like 21-3. to Yeah. And I think the Chiefs have that same sort of ability where Tom Bahali and Justin Houston are coming off the edge. They ruffle Peyton a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's cold. He throws a couple of early picks. And if Kansas City can get a 14-3 to type lead or 21 to 3 type lead. Then I think you see you know Alex can move the chains, hand off to Jamal Charles, but I think I think if Denver gets out to a lead you're done. I think it'll bode well for the Chiefs if they get the ball first because then you can hopefully eat a bunch of time off the clock, take 8 minutes off the clock and put the ball in the end zone or even take 3. Um I like you said I really don't see them Kansas City's not going to lose the field position battle. Uh, they may not win it as, you know, substantially as maybe they do in most other weeks against other teams. But they, yeah, they don't lose that battle. They don't lose that battle ever. Um, so I mean, it'll, I think it'll be a close game. I, and Denver's left tackle, Ryan Clady is out, so. Mm-hmm. Their um, defense is good enough if they play a great game to stifle Denver. I mean, arguably, maybe inarguably, Kansas City has had the best defense so far this year in the league. Yeah. Let me ask you one final question about Denver. Over or under 15 wins? Oh, uh, well, let me say over or under 14 wins, because you don't think they're going to go over and go undefeated. Right. So, do they? is it more likely that they finish 15-1 and one or worse? I think it... Oh, jeez, that's a tough question. Because I can't pick out two losses on that schedule. Well, here's the thing. I think if they lose... Say they lose at Kansas City in a close one, I think they're probably less concerned about you know, winning their last couple games if they've locked up a playoff spot. You know what I mean? But if they do lose to Kansas City, it, it's... A duel in the It's in probable the that Kansas City is chasing or right, right. behind them. And that's, yeah. that's, that's been the real interesting thing about the AFC West. I would say the chances are probably pretty good that they'll go 15-1. and one. If I was going to put money on it, I would bet that they will probably win... They'll win at least 14 games. Are they I a think. prohibitive Super Bowl favorite right now? Are they... If, if if you went to Vegas and someone gave you Denver or the field, who would you take? I, I think you'd take Denver. I agree. I mean, how could you not with the way they're playing? Even in, when they play bad games, they're winning relatively handily. The only thing that gives me pause is the Super Bowl in New York when it's going to be, what, late January, early February, and yeah. freezing. But I, I think Denver is clearly the best team in the league right now. You know what's interesting? Team defense? Look at number one there. Carolina, no, I know. Their front seven is nasty. That's weird. Got uh, Keekley and Latulale up there that they just drafted, and Greg Hardy's a good pass rusher. Uh, no, Carolina's defense is for real. That's why I, I wanted to pick them at home against the Rams, mm-hmm. but 
I like the Rams' defense, too, and uh, I hate Cam Newton. The 0-4 Pittsburgh Steelers have the third-best defense in the league just by total yardage. Yeah. Weird. That can be a little bit deceiving in Houston. Look at them, number two. I believe Houston has outgained their opponent by more than any team in the league, and they're two and four. You know, it's funny they have they've given up the second fewest yards in uh, but twenty nine points a game. Yeah, one hundred seventy seven points compared to sixty eight for Carolina. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, Carolina. If Cam Newton can actually put some bolts in and screw his head on right, yeah. that could be a team to deal with. Well, but I I'm not convinced that he can do that. Kansas City point wise is the best defense. Yeah, yeah, but just right there is Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's, and you know, of course, Seattle. That's a huge jump though from Kansas City, sixty-five points total. Love. Carolina, sixty-eight points total, and then third is Seattle at ninety-four points. That's like a thirty-point jump from second to third. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Numbers always make you feel good, warm inside. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure you enjoyed us reading numbers at your face. Yeah. Um, we're gonna finish here. With a fun little story. A double axle. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight into the double axle. Seamless. Ice dancing. Triple backflip. Local gentlemen's club. Gentlemen's club. (laughs) Was it in New Jersey or New York? It was in New York. New York. Would have been better if it was in Jersey. Uh, Apparently, the crowd got raucous, not because of the quality of the dancers, although I'm sure they were great. They always are, I guess. Yeah, I've been there. Um, <laughs> to one a couple of times. No, um, weird experience. The crowd started booing, I guess, because there was a Giants game on. But the game got so bad that the patrons took their eyes off of the ladies, off of the real show, the working women, to boo and try to get the channel change on the Giants game. Very successfully, it sounds like. Yeah. So. How bad is it that you're at a strip club and you can't even stand to watch your football team when they're not even the main entertainment? Yeah, I mean, you twist my arm and you put that Vikings-Carolina game on in a gentleman's club. It got so out of hand, I probably would have just stopped paying attention. Would you have booed the TV? No. No. No, I didn't even do that in my own home. I No. What did I? Okay, here's an interesting question. What did I say to you? When Carolina went up seven to nothing in the first quarter, did I turn to you and say, "Yeah, they're gonna lose this game"? Yeah, I think you said it's over. Yeah, it's yeah. over. But you could just tell, just yeah. looking at that game. Uh, they showed their bellies immediately. They surrendered. Yeah, they did. They weren't. It looked like they were playing possum, but they they weren't playing around. Yeah. It was really real. Yeah, they just totally gave up. Except for Kyle Rudolph. But those damn strippers didn't give up. No. They kept working. They earned their money. Working, unlike the Giants, who just mail it in, and they don't even give us a little tease. No. Just straight up 0-6. Yeah. What do you say to that? What do you think the mood was like in that bar? Oh, my God. You're sitting there watching Candy trying to do her thing. Yeah. Night, night shift. C-Squad. C-Squad. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, Candy, I like you and everything. You're great. You know I love the personality. Mm-hmm. But can we turn the TV to NFL Network? Anything else. Yeah. Put on Family Guy, for Christ's sake. Put on the 2007 game where we beat Brady. Yeah. Maybe they did that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wonder if the tips went up or down after the game was turned off. Yes, no, maybe so is the salad bar off limits at a strip club. I won't touch it. Oh, why would you? There's crotch germs crawling all over those Might things. get hungry. Yeah. Uh, bring a 
Bring a granola bar in your pocket. Bring snacks to a strip club. Stop at Wendy's on the way and stick a baked potato in your back pocket. Maybe you could go to like a White Castle so that yeah. you've got pocket burgers. I would just pretty much hide chicken nuggets in my shoes. Yeah. Uh, nuggets in one, shoe, sauce in the other one. And then you're good to go. What kind of sauce? Barbecue. Yeah. Sweet and sour? No. No, just barbecue's barbecue. the way to go. Yeah, yeah you gotta go barbecue. Um, so, it's gotten that bad for the Giants that yeah. they are the undercard to the undercard of the C-Squad. I, I I don't know if it was the C-Squad. Maybe it was the 18th trip club. And this, this Monday night game coming up is going to be probably the worst ever. It could be the worst. I remember, like, when I was little, uh, there was a, like, at, it was, like, post- Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith was on his last legs, and the Redskins <laughs> last set. He pulled yeah. out his last set, and the Redskins really sucked. And it was zero and four versus zero and four, and like the whole marketing campaign was like, how can they possibly be this bad? <laughs> and that's when I knew I should work in advertising because it's like, even when two teams suck, the NFL can sell it as oh, yeah. like, come watch them, come watch the garbage dump. <laughs> and one time I was watching like them. Try and pump everybody up for this Vikings Giants game, yeah. and it was like the immediate intro was like the Giants are over six. And Adrian Peterson's yeah. gonna run the ball. <laughs> Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson, watch the game. Adrian Peterson Monday night, two-time Goodbye. Super Bowl champion Eli Manning. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's yeah. always a way. You know what? If it's on, it's on TV. Not yet. Yeah. But if it's on TV, you can sell it. Hey, we should probably uh, maybe hit a gentleman's club Monday and watch the game. Scream at him to turn it off by the time he gets so out of hand and the Giants are rolling 40 to nothing. We should do a social experiment. We yeah. should do the same thing in Minnesota where the good, hearty Heartland fans, maybe they support their team yeah. a little bit better than, than you, you know, you frivolous strip club attendees over in New York. No, life's tough in the big city. Well, maybe we just care a little bit more about our strippers and our teams here. I wonder, like, what, you know how there's, like, different levels of gentlemen's club? Like, you got your, your bottom, Bargain level, where I, which I've never been to. I teeth wouldn't optional. Know. Yeah, teeth optional. Yeah. And, you know, you, you got a big, wide swath in the middle of any and all kind of clubs. Yeah. And then you got those ones at the top that are like, No sexy in the champagne room. You better wear a tuxedo and bring about $17,000. Yeah. But, but you'll get treated right. Yeah. I wonder which kind of club this was. Out of those, probably chances are it's in the I'm middle assuming swap. it was. I'm, I'm assuming it was lower level. I really hope it was like the tuxedo level, where guys and you know that came to spend thirty grand on strippers. That's probably why they turned the TV off. No, I don't know. I don't think P Diddy's in any club where the Giants game is on. I don't. know, Maybe he is. I don't know enough about strip clubs. I got I got to do a case study. I'm gonna call Sean. We'll see. The only way to really dive into this is for us to do a strip club tour of Minnesota. It's not gonna be easy. No. But if there's two guys that should do it, it should be us. I think there's pr- you could probably count all the strip clubs in the state on like your hands and toes. I feel. Yeah. There can't be more than twenty in the whole state. There's probably more than twenty on that one street in New York. Yeah. Well, okay. We covered strip clubs. Hove. Carmelo Anthony. Jim Mercer's a dodo. Yeah. We covered the Patriots. We covered Josh Freeman. Anything else on your mind? Baseball. I've been watching a lot. I'm getting into hockey. Watching a lot of hockey. Yeah. Man, not me. Haven't missed any uh, any of the Minnesota games yet. What's their record? Oh, good God. They are, I want to say they're uh, two, three, and one. Oh, well, hockey's been good. Yeah. That's it. Well, I can hear Silas, my son, beckoning from the bedroom. He has clearly had enough of the podcast, so mm-hmm. we're going to wrap it up right here. I'm going to say goodbye for myself. Thanks for joining the TDIS podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter, TDIS underscore Humblebrag, or find us on Facebook. 
or simply thedayinsports.com. That's where you can find all of our content. Thanks for joining us. 